Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. If you're visiting with us today, let me just say how very grateful I am that you're here. Today, we have, as a church, coined this day as Sacrificial Sunday. Today, we are taking a sacrificial love offering in just a few moments. And as you know, if you are a member here, um, every single penny today that goes into our offering um, will go to eliminate a portion of the debt that we have here at North Point. If you're visiting with us, I don't want that to scare you. Um, I have a great passion um, to see our church um, in a debt-free environment, and I believe that very soon the Lord is going to allow that to take place. Today being September the 11th, um, the sacrifices that were made on that day. And then as we transition and we think about the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made on Calvary. The way that we're going to approach this is, is we're going to take communion. And then at the conclusion of communion, I'll say our final prayer. And we'll begin our offering and we'll have some special music. And then we'll be preaching. The preaching today and communion will align with one another. So I'm going to take a few moments now to share with you about what communion really means. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. I know that I don't normally do this and I promise you I won't preach two messages today. It'll be just one complete message with uh, uh, communion basically in the middle of it. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse number 23. You hear me read these verses and quote them often whenever we take communion. But there's something about actually putting your eyes on the page and seeing it for your own self and understanding what communion is and what we believe at North Point Baptist Church about it. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And we had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup... Uh, is the New Testament in my blood, this do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as you drink or eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28 is a very important verse. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Here at North Point Baptist Church, we believe that communion is a representation of what Jesus Christ did for us on Calvary. This was at the very last supper. We find Jesus with his disciples and they 
begin to, uh, Jesus begins to break bread as a picture and a significance of his body being broken on Calvary. And then they drink the cup as a representation of the blood of Jesus Christ being shed for us. If you're here today, according to scripture, and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, which is the very first step of obedience um, as an individual when we talk about coming into Christianity, the Bible says that for all of sin, then comes short of the glory of God. And then he tells us in Romans 6, 23, but the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That gift that he's given us is his son who died on the cross, the perfect son of God dying for us, his blood being shed. For the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He went to the cross, he died, he shed his blood. They took his body off the cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb. It's very important that you understand it was borrowed. They put him in there for three days and, and the disciples and every, all of his followers thought hope was gone. But they forgot that Jesus had told them, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what they can do to me. Because I have the victory. I have overcome. <laughs> Three days later, Mary and the other Mary went to the tomb. There was an angel there. And the stone was rolled away. And the angel said, fear not. For he is not here. For he is risen. Seek him not among the dead. And then Jesus appeared to them. And showed him the nails in his hands, the nails in his feet, and the scar in his side. Forty days later, he ascended up into heaven. Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8 tells us that he gave us the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit as our comforter. And today, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior... You have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. Then the first step of obedience after salvation is baptism. There are two ordinances in the Bible. One of them is baptism and one of them is communion. Today we are going to, we have the privilege of observing both. Communion simply is a representation of what Jesus Christ did for us. As his body was broken and his blood was shed. We believe in baptism by immersion as a representation of what Jesus did for us on the cross. As we stand in the water, we're representing the cross. As we're taken into the water, it's representing the death of Jesus Christ and his burial. And then as we take them out of the water, it's a representation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you're saved here today and you're baptized, according to scripture, you should remember what Jesus Christ did for you through communion. But I want you to notice something very important in verse 28. The Bible says, but let a man examine himself. I'm not here to examine you. I have a hard enough time keeping up with myself, amen? Every single person has to examine their own selves. 
today, if you are saved and you follow the Lord in believer's baptism, we believe that this is the highest, one of the highest honors that we can do. Because the Bible says, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me, of Jesus Christ. So today, if you're here and you know Jesus as your Savior and you've been baptized, we invite you to join with us in communion as we celebrate and we remember the sacrifice that Jesus so freely gave on Calvary. Our men are going to come and we are now going to prepare for communion. As they come in time of preparation, I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking around. You do not have to be a member of North Point Baptist Church to participate in communion. You simply have to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. This is the time where we do exactly what the Word of God says in verse 28. It's the time that we examine ourselves. Is there anything between me and God? Is there anything that would hinder my relationship with Him? Now is the time that we can give that to him. The great thing about God is that you can be as right with him at this very moment as you ever have been. Because he's a God of love and a God of forgiveness. And he wants to hear from his children. I'm going to ask our men to come and uncover the table and prepare for communion. Our Father in heaven, as we prepare today, Lord, may our hearts be ready. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that you have so freely given to us. May we never forget it. May we never forget that cross, the tomb, and the resurrected Savior. May our eyes be completely centered and focused on you. May nothing hinder our worship today. May nothing hinder our relationship with you. May we be open in our communication. May we take this in the utmost reverence and the utmost importance. Lord, as you've done so much for us, Lord, we remember you today. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your death. Thank you for your resurrected son. Thank you for the hope that we have in glory. The hope that we have in you. Lord, we love you. But most of all, we thank you for loving us. For it's in your precious and holy son's name we pray. In just a moment, our men are going to bring to you the cup. There's two cups attached. The bottom cup has the bread in it. The top cup has the juice in it. I'm going to ask that you take it and hold on to it as we will observe communion um, corporately. And so now the men are going to come and they're going to serve you communion.
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. I'm going to ask Brother Mike Lee, if he will, to please bless the bread. And they took the bread together. The Bible goes on to say, After the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. I'm going to ask Brother Ronnie Bennett, if you will, to please bless our cup. And they took the cup together. For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Today, we do not take this lightly because this is the sacrifice that Jesus gave for us, the ultimate sacrifice. And today we do it in remembrance of him. May we say our prayer together. Our Father in heaven, Lord, today we have taken communion. We have showed forth your death, your burial, and your resurrection. And God, in our lives, Lord, I pray that you will help us to know exactly what that means to each and every one of us. The ultimate sacrifice, may we never take that for granted. Lord, in just a moment, we're going to take our offering. And God, I pray, Lord, as we prepare for this offering, even now, that God, that thank you for those that are sacrificing giving to our church. Thank you for those that, Lord, care enough about our church to give. So God, I pray that you'll bless each gift and each giver. Lord, thank you for everything you do in our lives. Lord, we love you. But most of all, we thank you for loving us. For it's in your precious and holy son's name we pray. Amen. Sure, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11, and if you have turned away from there, I would encourage you to turn back. 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. 
1 Corinthians chapter number 11, and uh, we're going to look at two of those verses that we just looked at together corporately for our communion. And I want to share just a couple of thoughts, I promise you I'm not going to be long, about when he had given thanks. You know, today we talk about Sacrificial Sunday, and we talk about all the sacrifices that were made, and we talk about the sacrifice that was given on Calvary. And I find it very interesting as I read this passage of scripture, and I've read it many times in my life, and I've uh, done communion many times, but, you know, there's always sometimes you read something and it jumps off the page at you, and, and it certainly did this time. Um, you know, we always talk about, you know, when he had given thanks, and we, we talk about praying for our communion and, and praying for what happened, but, you know, as I began to look at that word thanks, I began to realize something that when he had given thanks, you know, it's very interesting to me that, that Jesus Christ, uh, uh, God himself, would have given thanks for his own sacrifice. Because he knew that because of that sacrifice, we would have salvation. Right? So certainly, if, if Jesus Christ is going to give thanks, then certainly as Christians, shouldn't we be thankful people? You know, it's amazing to me as we live our Christian lives and, 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 we, and we go about our day, how very, in it, 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 I don't know what it is, it just seems like that we live in a very ungrateful society. We, we look at situations and we look at things in our lives and we always tend to go towards the negative instead of going to the positive. And in everything, the Bible says that we are to give thanks. Uh, and by the way, that verse goes on. It says, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. It is God's will that we be thankful people in everything give thanks. And here we are talking about the very sacrifice of Jesus Christ uh, in our passage of scripture. And he says he gave Thanks. As we gathered around the Lord's table, we observed one of the two ordinances of the church. And this is a beautiful time of remembrance. Yet, the value of this experience, and I really want you to get this, the value of this experience depends on the condition of the heart. It depends on the condition of the heart of each Christian this morning. You know, we can come into a service like this and, and, and we can experience a, a, a God showing up in our lives and we can experience a, a wonderful service and value of, of worship. But the truth of the matter is, is that your feelings is not what's going to push you through in your daily life. It's your heart. Because feelings are, are an ebb and flow. But, but what is concreted inside of your heart remains the same. And today I want us to be a people that are thankful. Thankful for every circumstance. Thankful for every situation that occurs in our life. And even to the point of where Jesus himself was speaking and saying, giving thanks for what? Is about to happen. If you have your Bibles, if you stand with me, we're going to read those two verses again in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. And uh, we're going to read verse 24 and verse 25. Verse 24 and 25. Here it says, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11 and verse 24, and when he had given thanks, there it is, and when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And when he had given thanks. And look what it says. After the same manner also. In other words, 
When he had given thanks again, he took the cup. When he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my body. This do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Our Father in heaven, I pray that you'll bless the few moments that we have together today. Lord, I pray that you'll bless the reading of your word. Lord, may you help us to be people that are thankful people. People that are thankful for every circumstance and every way of life. Lord, we love you, but most of all, we thank you for loving us. For it's in your precious and holy son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I know that in in many times, in many circumstances, uh, uh, being thankful is difficult. And and, and certainly that remains true in our lives because of the ebb and flow of, uh, of life circumstances and life events. But here Jesus Christ is going to the cross to die for us. And the Bible says he's giving thanks. Why is he giving thanks? He's giving thanks. Look at me, church, for just a moment. He's giving thanks for you. He's giving thanks for me. Because as the old song says, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. And uh, he died for me. Are you with me this morning? He died for you. He died individually for each one of us. I believe with all my heart, if I was the only person that ever walked the face of this earth and I was a sinner, Jesus would have died for me. Because that's who he is. And today there we have something to be thankful for. In the midst of our circumstances, in the midst of our problems, in the midst of everything that's going on, the Bible says to be thankful. He says rejoice in the Lord sometimes. I don't know which Bible you're reading, but no. It says rejoice in the Lord. Oh, oh, you know it. Isn't it great? Rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says, just in case you didn't get it the first time. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice. Listen, I, I, I've told you before, you know, there are some people that if they had met them and they told me they were a Christian, I might have strayed away from being one. Because they're unhappy. You say, Pastor, you don't know my circumstances. I, you know what? I don't know your circumstances, but I know God. I know who he is, and I know that he has the victory over all of my circumstances. Listen, you should never be living under your circumstances. Never living under them. Because the Bible tells me that we have victory in Jesus. Listen, if I have nothing to rejoice for, I can rejoice for heaven. Right? What does the Bible say? Let not your heart be... Troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. I don't know about you, but heaven looks pretty good about now, amen? I, I mean, we have so much to rejoice in the Lord about. And we need to, to be people that are, are, are people of thanksgiving, are people of thankfulness. You say, Pastor, uh, uh, it's not November yet. I know. I didn't miss the calendar. You know, I love when November the first starts. Like on social media, they'll start saying, you know, do one thing a day that you're thankful for. Well, what happened to the rest of the year? Right? It should be 365 days we should have something to be thankful for. And we would. I would encourage you to do that. Sometime you should go home and write down all your blessings and what's not so great in your life. And you're going to find out something. The blessings, if you're honest, well outweigh 
the things that are happening in your life. Being thankful. Today, just for a few moments, I promise, you already got me stirred up, so here we go. Number one, if you're in the habit of taking notes, in your, uh, there's a bulletin on the back, or an outline on the bulletin, on wherever it's at. You know where it's at. It's on the back of it. I don't even know. Number one, the master's thanks. The master's thanks. The Bible says, and when he had given thanks. And when he had given thanks. It is the master who gave thanks. I just, you know, when this jumped out on the page at me, I, I just had one of those wow moments. I went, you know, here he is about to die for me and for you. And he knows it. Not only does he know it, he is literally praying for his death. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. The master was giving thanks. Who is this that's giving thanks? First of all, he's the creator of the world. In the beginning, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, God created the heavens and the earth. He, he, is, he is the creator of all things. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 1, uh, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have what? Redemption or salvation. Or we've been bought back through his, what's the next word? Blood. It's only by the blood. Don't ever let anybody tell you it's any other way. It's only through the blood of Jesus Christ that we have forgiveness of sins. There is no other way to our Savior. There is no other way to obtain redemption except through the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't ever let anybody tell you that my Savior did not die on the cross. Don't ever let anybody tell you that he didn't bleed in his death. Because I'm telling you that without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission of sin. And I don't know about you this morning, but I'm thankful I'm saved by grace. You got me all wound up this morning. Uh, Verse 15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, here it is, all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible, invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things, here it is, were created, first of all, by him. And not only were they created by him, but they were created for him. For him. Look at verse 17. And he is before all things And by him all things consist. Who is that one that's giving thanks? He's the creator. He is the master builder of everything. If the creator of this world would offer thanks, how much more should I offer thanks? How much more should I offer thanks? Because he's the one that created me. I would not be here had he not created me. I would not be living had he not sustained me. I I would not have the things that I have in my life and be where I'm at in my life had the Lord not blessed me. He's the creator of all things. Not only that, he is co-equal with the Father. He is co-equal with the Father. This is important that we understand. That we talk about he's giving thanks. And many will say, well, he's, he's a part of the Trinity. He's co-equal uh, with the Father. Yes, but he also understands his responsibility as Jesus Christ to go to the cross and to die for us. And he was thankful for that. Listen to me very carefully this morning with no disrespect whatsoever to Jesus Christ. But Jesus knew his mission. He knew his mission. 
He was born in a lowly manger, lived 33 and a half years for one reason. Yes, he ministered. Yes, he performed miracles. Yes, he did things that no other person that's ever walked on the face of this earth has ever done or will be able to do again. But let me tell you something this morning. His mission was the cross. His mission was the cross. And he understood that and he gave thanks for the cross. You know, can I tell you this morning as Christians, sometimes it would do us well to give thanks for the things that we have to bear. It would do us well to give thanks for, for, for the problems and the circumstances that we have in our lives. Why? Because God is maturing us. God is teaching us. God is encouraging us. He's helping us to be better Christians. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I tell you something this morning that gets me a little bit excited? Is that when Jesus died on the cross, he only stayed there for three days. Three days later, he arose from the grave. And can I tell you something? I believe he's sitting on the edge of the seat waiting for the trumpet to sound because he's going to come back and get me. I don't think you're very excited about that this morning. He's coming back, folks. He's coming back. Look at this. Looking for that blessed hope. And here it is. The glorious appearing of our great God and our, look at these personal pronouns, our Savior, Jesus Christ. There there it is. Look at John chapter 10 and verse 28. Here's a great one. And I give unto them what kind of life? Eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. I love this verse because what it tells me is there's no way once I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior that I can ever get unsaved. It tells me that that I'm protected by Jesus Christ. No man can pluck them out of my Father's hands. It's just not possible. He gives unto us eternal life. Number two, and I'm going to be quick. The moment of thanks. I want you to think about when this is happening. The moment of thanks. This is the very moment that history is being made right in front of the disciples. Right in front of the world at that time. And this was the moment that he gave thanks. First of all, it was a moment of agony. It was a moment of agony. Look at verse 23 with me. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was what? Betrayed. Who was he betrayed by? One of his own disciples. It was a moment of agony for him. I could ask you a question this morning. May I remind you about the disciples? The disciples were the ones that were with Jesus through everything. They were the ones that, that, that committed themselves to him. If I could put it to you like this, they were, uh, they were Jesus' best friend. Have you ever been betrayed by your best friend? Have you ever been hurt by someone that was very close to you? Someone that betrayed you? Certainly in that moment, you're not giving thanks for much. No, you're feeling sorry for yourself. You're feeling sorry for the moment. But here's Jesus in agony as he has been uh, uh, betrayed by, by Judas Iscariot. And yet the Bible says he is giving 
thanks. He's giving thanks. We, we need to understand how important it is in our lives that we be thankful people. While Corey Ten Boone was living in uh, uh, a German concentration camp, her entire body became infested with lice, making a bad situation worse as she was in that German concentration camp. She was complaining about her lice one day, and her sister reminded her of the verse that says, in everything give thanks. And she challenged Corey to give thanks for her lice. I don't know how many of you have ever had lice before. I've never personally had it, but I've seen people that had it, and it's miserable. And so Corey thought to herself, how can I give thanks to God for lice? But she made a choice to offer thanks for her lice anyway. Interestingly enough, she found out later that because of the infestation of life, lice in her body and all over her, it had actually protected her from the assaults from the German soldiers. As a matter of fact, there were many people that were killed during that time in that same concentration camp by these German soldiers. And because of what she had, no one would go near her. So God protected her. <laughs> why is God allowing this to happen in my life, pastor? What, why, why am I being, in, in other words, infested with problems? I don't know. But I know one thing, that eventually God's going to show forth. And you're going to look back and you're going to go, yeah, I, I see the answer now. I see it. And everything, give thanks. If Jesus gave thanks in the moment of betrayal, how much more should we be thankful today? I love this. This really spoke to me when I read it. Even though I clutch my blankets and groan when the alarm rings each morning, thank the Lord that I can hear. You see, there are those who cannot. Even though I keep my eyes tightly closed against the morning light as long as possible, thank you, Lord, that I can see because there are those that cannot. Even though I huddle in my bed and put off the physical effect, effort of rising, thank you, Lord, that I have the strength to rise. Because there are some that can't. Even though the first hour of the day, and I don't know how your home is, but I, can, I understand this, is hectic when the socks are lost and the toast is burned and tempers are short. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Because there are many who do not have one. Even though our table never looks like the pictures in the magazines, amen? And the menu is at times unbalanced. Thank you, Lord, for the food we have. Because there are some that do not have any. And even though the routine of my job is often monotonous, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to work. Because there are many who have no work. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of life. We should be thankful. A moment of betrayal, as letter B, a moment of betrayal, a moment of agony and a moment of betrayal. An unbelievable thought is that Jesus Christ is omniscient and he knew who would betray him. 
John chapter 16, the Bible says, For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me, and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father, and am come into the world again. I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly, and speakest no proverb. Verse 30, Now are we sure that thou knowest all things, he's omniscient, and needest not that any man should ask thee, for by this we believe that thou camest forth from God. He knew it all. If we think someone is not for us, we perceive that they are prejudiced against us and sometimes we refrain from our heart from them. Yet Jesus dined with the very one who would betray him. He was betrayed, but yet he gave thanks. Number three, and I'm done. The message of thanks. What is our message today? What is the message? What, what, what is the reason that we can be thankful? It's very simple. You know the answer. But let me just reiterate it for you. Uh, the message, uh, what is the message that causes us to be thankful? Why are we here this morning? Because we have to remember that Christ died for us. That Christ died for us. So many times and we, we live day to day and we forget the truth of who Jesus is and that he truly did die for us. It's not, listen to me, it's not the life of our Lord nor his teaching that will save us. It was his death. You see that? It's not the life of the Lord nor his teaching. It was his death and his burial and his resurrection that saved us. Uh, Isaiah chapter 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. What an amazing scene. Secondly of all, and we've talked about this a little bit already, can I remind you that Jesus is coming again? We have something to be thankful for. Jesus is coming again. Matthew chapter 24, verse number 40. I love this passage of scripture. I think it defines today. Then shall there be two in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal. The one shall be taken and the other one left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. Verse 43. But know this. That if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Can I tell you what? He's coming back. He's coming back. Thirdly, and I'm done, remember to love him today. Remember to love him today. John chapter 3 and verse number 16, all of you could quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ loved me before I was ever born. He died for me before I was ever conceived. He knew me. He knows me today. And can I tell you that I should love him even more. And how do I love him? I love him by, first of all, showing him thanks. And secondly of all, by serving him with all of my life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Thank you for listening so well.